We're in a series called Spiritual Disciplines, and we're looking at um, a series of disciplines that we need to build into our lives to become spiritually strong. You know, we've been saying the same thing, right? If you want to become physically healthy, you know, you you need to work it out. Like, you, you need to work out, you need to eat well, you need to go to the gym, you need to build these muscles, right? And in the same way, spiritually as well, right, you need to do work. It doesn't happen overnight. Um, so we talked about the, the discipline of connection. Um, and last week, we, we talked about the discipline of purpose. Um, and uh, yeah, tonight, we're going to look at the discipline of forgiveness. Now, I need to precursor this message. Sometimes, and not often, um, I need to put in a pre-note to the sermon. And you need to hear this. Um, there are two things that are going to happen tonight in your hearts, okay? Um, firstly, for some of you, okay, this is going to be uh, a really hard message to hear, okay? Uh, and, and some of you actually may walk out, don't walk out in the middle of it because, well, you can if you want to, but, but for some of you, you you're going to walk out and, and you're not going to be happy with, with what you hear, okay? And don't worry. I'm not going to take that personally, okay? Um, Statistics will show that even in our community that there are many of us that have been hurt, many of us that have been um, betrayed, many of us that have been abused. Um, And so when we start talking about forgiveness... Whether you want it or not, there's going to be emotions that are going to come through. Um, can I just say, for, for those, if you find yourself in that space, right? As I said, if you, if you need, if, you, if you're like, you know, I can't handle this, that's okay. Okay? If you're like, look, this is too much, I need to go, that's okay too. I'm dead serious. But for those that, that might start to feel that uncomfortableness, can I just say, don't try to fight it. Um, as I said, tonight's going to be a very um, very real, or hopefully all sermons are real, but um, it, it might get really uncomfortable for some people. And, and for you, I just want to say it before we get there, is don't try to fight it. Like, you don't have to do anything with it, right? Uh, you know, like, I'm not, nowhere am I going to make you do anything you don't want to do, but don't try to fight what's happening in your heart because whether that's just something that's happening in you, whether that's God doing something in you, um, let's just let that simmer, okay? And then after the service, if you need to talk, I can talk to you. You know, our leaders are here for you guys as well. So that's the first person. That's the first thing. Um, the second thing that I really believe that's going to happen tonight is I believe that there is going to be elements of healing tonight. I believe that within all the trouble and strife that people have gone through, God will not just teach you about forgiveness, but hopefully through his word tonight, God will help you to forgive and to be healed about some of this stuff that's going on in your hearts. Um, And I'm really putting this out there because I really think that the topic of forgiveness is one of the heaviest topics that we have to deal with in our lives. And so I put this out there, and because it is such a heavy topic, I'm going to pray, 
Um, and I really just want to cover all of us um, just with, with just God's grace. So I'm going to pray. Let's pray. Uh, Lord God, as we tackle the, the topic of forgiveness, already, Lord, there are some of us that are feeling a little bit uncomfortable. Already some of us, um, our thoughts and our minds are going back to places that maybe we, we don't want to go. But Lord, can you just watch over us? Can your hand just be upon us tonight, Lord? Just, just that little bit more. Can you just draw closer to us, God? Because we're just going to need you that much more tonight. Lord, help us to trust you in this journey. And we pray that, that you will do a mighty work tonight. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay? Seatbelts on, okay? I, no apologies. I'm going to go hard, but seatbelts on. That, that's that warning sign before you get on the roller coaster. Like, if you're pregnant, please don't get on this. You know, like, if you don't like heights, please don't get it. Okay, I've just put there. Okay, let's start with the definition. Okay? Forgiveness. I could ask every single one to find forgiveness, and everyone's going to have different... Okay? So this is my definition. Okay? Not, not mine, but I found it. <laughs> Yeah, laugh now, right? You'll see where we go. Forgiveness. (laughs) Forgiveness is the intentional and voluntary process by which a victim undergoes a change in feelings and attitude regarding an offense, lets go of negative emotions such as vengefulness, relinquishes payback or punishment of the offender, however justified it might be. That is the definition I'm going to work off, okay? Now, leave that there because I'm going to quickly go through it. There's a few components of forgiveness that we need to understand. Number one, it's intentional. It, you, you make a choice to forgive. Forgiveness doesn't, you don't wake up and go, oh, forgiven. No, it's a choice you must make. Secondly, it's voluntary. No one can make you forgive someone else. No one can put a gun at your head and go, you need to forgive that person. No one can do that. You have to make that choice yourself out of your own desire. Okay? Let's get going. It's, an ad, it's a change in feeling and attitude towards an offense. Now, you may say, hey, I forgive you of something you've done wrong to me, but you might not feel that in your heart. Right? And that's going to be tension of an outward decision, but really what's happening inside is maybe it hasn't caught up to that yet. But true forgiveness must have a change in heart and attitude. Okay? Fourth, it's letting go of negative emotions such as vengefulness. So what's vengefulness? It's revenge. It lets go of um, these negative emotions. Okay? Fifth, it relinquishes your right to get even. So even if they did you wrong and you deserve something back, when you truly forgive, you give up that right. And it, doesn't, it says, right, however justified it might be. Forgiveness actually doesn't have anything to do with are you right or are you wrong? Okay, Because once you start that argument, especially those that are married, you will know. Once you start trying to win the argument of who is right, who is right, who is right, okay, it just goes nowhere. Okay, So that's the definition. 
There is not a single person in this room that has gone through life without someone doing them wrong. There is no one here that, that has gone through life or will go through life and someone to do wrong to them. It happens, every single one of us. Some of us, they're bigger things. Some of us might be little things. Some of us might have been last week. Some of us might have been 10 years ago. But the reality is, and we need to start with this really good framework, is that it's every single, this is for every single one of us. Forgiveness is not a foreign topic for other people. No, this is a topic that influences every single one of us. And here's the thing. It's not a question of how do we avoid these situations because we can't. I guarantee you, I guarantee you in the, in, in the next 10 years, someone will wrong you. It might be something little, it might be something big. Someone will wrong you. It's not a question of how do you avoid it. It's a question of how do we respond during these situations as believers of God. Okay? This is the spiritual discipline. How do I forgive? Okay? The passage we're going to go to is Matthew chapter 18. Okay? It's a pretty decent-sized passage, but I'm going to break it up. Okay? And I'm going to paraphrase. And 18, verse 21 to 22. Let's start with these two verses. Then Peter came to Jesus and said, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? And Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. See, in the Old Testament, God instructs his people to forgive someone of a wrongdoing, the same wrongdoing, three times. And then after that, chop them off. Right? So when Peter actually goes to Jesus and says, hey, uh, Jesus, how many times should we forgive a brother or sister? Seven times. And what Peter was doing was he was being sort of a, a bit of a brown noser. Because he knew Old Testament. He knew that even if he said three times, that would be in line with the Old Testament. But, but he, he not only doubles that, but he goes one more. He goes seven times? And I reckon, I reckon the response that Peter was waiting for Jesus to be like, wow, you're so holy. Seven. Old Testament says three. You want to do seven? Good, good job, Peter. And yet Jesus flips the boat and he says, not seven 77. Now, there are multiple theories around this. Some say it's 77. Some translations say seven times 70. Right? You do the math. I can't do it. Abba Jerks. <laughs> you just happen to be in my... I'll go to James. Oh, okay. Same high school. Okay. Just... <laughs> okay. Another, another translation says the number of seven um, is the number of perfection. So you go seven times seven, perfection times perfection, it's infinite. The point is this, it's not seven times, it's not three times, it's unlimited. It's a number that you can never get to, right? This is what Jesus says, right? Now, I love the fact that Jesus just doesn't finish there, but he actually tries to explain, and he explains to us, and he's going to tell a story of why forgiveness needs to be ongoing, okay? Now, let me read this story, okay? 
And then we'll go from there. Verse 23. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, cancelled the debt, not postponed the debt, cancelled the debt, and let him go. That's part one. Part two, verse 28. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. And he grabbed him and began to choke him and said, pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had that man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I cancelled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servants just as I had on you? In anger, the master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all that he owed. Verse 35. This is how my father, my heavenly father, will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Now, this is, this is a, a parable. It's a story that Jesus is telling to explain the principle. Right? Jesus, like, let's go to the story. A man, a servant, owes his master 10,000 bags of gold. Okay? So you've just pretty much, it, it could have been a million bags of gold. Okay? The whole point is, it is a debt that the man, the servant, could not pay back. Okay? 10,000 bags of gold. And he begs the master, give me time. And the master is so merciful. He doesn't just give him time. He actually cancels that debt. You do not owe me that money anymore. And lets him go. Right? So this servant has been just freed of a debt that he could never pay. 10,000 bags of gold. And he walks out and he sees another servant. And this boy owes him money. He goes, hey, pay me back, what, a hundred silver coins. And this servant says exactly the same thing. Be patient with me. I will pay back everything. And yet this servant, the, the, the middle servant, is like, how dare you? Throws him in jail. Double standard, right? That's the whole idea. It's double standard, right? I love the, I love the imagery, right? 10,000 bags of gold versus 100 silver coins. 
And Jesus is doing this on purpose to show the extent of the difference of the debt. 10,000 versus 100. Gold versus silver. Bags of gold versus coins. This 10,000 bags of gold is a debt that no one can pay back. This 100 silver coins is minute compared to what this is. What Jesus is doing, he's saying, you need to forgive. Right? And that's what he said at the beginning. Not just seven times, but 77 times. You need to forgive. As Christians, we need to forgive. But what he does is he puts perspective. His perspective. See, for a lot of us, we get caught up in the wrongdoing that people have done to us. Right? And this is some subscript. Some, you know, let me put brackets around this part. In no way at all am I taking away from what you have gone through. In no way at all am I saying, you know, oh, dude, just forgive them, man. You know, get over it. You know, in no way at all am I dismissing what you've gone through because I recognize, I recognize wholeheartedly that for some of you, you have gone, literally, you have gone to hell and back. Okay? I acknowledge that. I do. Okay? There's no way that I'm just trying to stick a Band-Aid on it and go, get over it. Okay? No way at all. Okay? But what Jesus is saying, okay, is that as Christians, we need to forgive. Why? Because we were forgiven first. If we look at the situation of our own lives, Yes, people have done us wrong. I say, I'm not taken away from that. People have done you wrong. But you have also done wrong to God. You have also offended God. Right? And what Jesus is saying, what people have done to you, as harsh and as traumatic it might be, that's the hundred silver coins. But what you've done to God and the debt that you owe to God, that's the 10,000 bags of gold. So what Jesus is doing is he's giving us perspective, but also he's giving us the first step of how we can forgive. And, and we'll talk about the practicals of, of how we're meant to actually forgive. But that's the first step is, is perspective. See, God forgave us. Some of us may or may not understand this, but when God created you and me, right? Remember, right? God is God. He created us. We're creation. We're just like the bugs and the trees and the animals, okay? None of us here woke up or created ourselves. Okay? That's the difference. It's not that God is just a little bit better than us. No, God is creator God. You know, you know the Bible says, in the beginning, God. Right? When there was nothing, God existed. And God created you and me. And he created us for a purpose, and that was to be in relationship, right? But we broke that. You and I, we broke that. We offended God. See, what, the problem is we, we don't understand that part, and we don't understand the depth of that. And so we didn't go, oh, you know, surely that's not, you know, 10,000 bags of God's worth. No, no, it is. You offended your creator, You sinned against him. You slapped him in the face. You spat on him. 
It's not just, you know, I disobeyed my dad. No, no. You offended God. See, what Jesus is doing in this story is giving us perspective of what happens on earth and what happens in heaven. Okay? Now, I thought, well, how do I, you know, how do we sort of unpack this a little bit more? And I thought, okay, let's use the example of Lotto. Okay? I don't know if you play Lotto or not. Can I just tell you? You will never win. Okay? I'm just saying. Okay? I've tried for years. Never won. Okay? I'm just kidding. (laughs) Say James. And James doesn't buy Lotto tickets. We know that. Um, James goes and buys a lotto ticket, right? Now, a physical ticket, right? I'll just use this as an example. right? physical ticket. But James won. I don't know, how much do you want to win? 50 mil? Great. I would have said half a billion, but that's okay. You know, different standard of living, okay? 50 mil. Good on you, James. And James goes, Steve, hold on to my ticket. All right, and I'm holding on to James's ticket. Now, how much is this ticket worth? $50 million, okay? And then I have a ticket because I also bought a ticket in that draw and I didn't win, right? So I've got another ticket. And I say to Albert, hey, Albert, can you just hold this for a second? And Albert's holding my ticket. Now, here's the question. How much is my ticket worth? Nothing. Or oh, a cent. That paste, the, you know, it's worth the paper, that it's printed on. I lose James's ticket. Albert loses my ticket. <laughs> James, I'm really sorry. I lost your $50 million ticket. James is a nice guy. As you know, it's all right. It's all right. $50 million. Yeah, $50 billion. I don't care what you call it. It's an amount, it's an amount that you and I can't even imagine. Now I've got Albert, Albert loses my ticket. And I just, I blow up. How could you do that to me? Defriend him on Facebook. Don't follow him on Instagram, you know. Hire some guys to hurt him later. You know, like, you know, like, based on what? on the value of a piece of paper that is not even worth a cent. And I'm getting upset at that. Can you see the comparison? I I need you to see this because I believe this is the message that Jesus is giving. Our debt to God is a debt that you and I cannot pay. Because of our sin. We cannot pay it. You can live your life the best way possible. You can earn squillions of dollars and give it all to the church. I promise you, you cannot pay the debt of your sin to God. And yet, he took care of that through his son, Jesus. And then, but for us, someone does wrongdoing to us. Listen, I'm not taking away from the trauma and the pain, but I'm trying to give you some perspective. Someone someone cuts us off and we just want to crash our cars into them. 
Someone betrays us and, and, and the world is over. We need perspective tonight. That's what Jesus is saying. You need to understand that, that, that you and I, are, we're not really in positions to say that we have the right to not forgive others, especially because we ourselves have been forgiven. We need perspective. Because the first step for you to be able to forgive someone that has wronged you is that perspective. For you to understand, that's the first step of healing. Is for you to understand what we have done to our God and even what, they have, what someone has done to me is not comparable. And yet God forgave us. God forgave us. See, the second thing that we need to understand and, and realize is that, that forgiveness, as in the definition, is a choice. You can choose to forgive or you can choose not to forgive. It's a choice. And, you know, I know some people are like, no, you, you don't know my story. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know what that person did to me. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you tonight from the bottom of my heart, yes, I don't know what you've gone through and I don't know and I don't know how much that's hurt you and I don't know how bad that betrayal was, but still, you have a choice. You have a choice. You have a choice to move towards forgiveness and forgive or you can choose not to. That's a choice. Like the man in the story, even though he was given forgiveness, he chose not to forgive the other servant. That was his choice. You know, a lot of time we, we struggle with unforgiveness. And we think that, you know, we, firstly, we think that it's our right not to forgive others because of what they've done to you. You know, the pain that you've gone through. You know, some of us, we get angry. We, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to let them off that easy. I'm going to make them feel, you know, I'm going, to, I'm, going to, I'm going to get revenge. I'm going to make them feel like what they made me feel. But ironically, to choose to not forgive, it's not actually putting that person in a prison cell. You actually put yourself in a prison cell. Uh, Nelson Mandela... Uh, South African um, president, prime minister, one of them. He said this. He said, resentment is like drinking poison and then hoping it kills your enemies. Can I tell you, unforgiveness is like that. You're drinking the poison and you're hoping that they will die. Unforgiveness does not put that person in a bad place. It puts you in a bad place. Right? There are so many articles about this. I'll give you six things that happen to you when you can't forgive, okay? When you struggle to forgive. I'm going to fly through these six things, right? Number one, it stunts your growth as a Christian if you can't forgive. Secondly, you miss opportunities. You miss what God's doing in your life because you're in jail. You're, you've put yourself in prison. Thirdly, your health deteriorates. They talk about, you know, they talk about um, 
arthritis, heart condition, hypertension. They, they talk about all these things when we live with unforgiveness in our lives. There are actually physical, um, physical reactions to unforgiveness. Right? Stress, high blood pressure. All right? Number four, your level of self-absorption and victim mentality increases. You can fall into the trap of the, what about me? What about me? What about me? What about me? Fifth, you separate yourself from God. Think about this. God says forgive. When you, when you choose not to do that, unforgiveness is ultimately rebellion against God's command. And you choose, you continue to choose that, of course, you're just going to walk away from God. And, and finally, this is not scientifically proven, but I will just assume this. You will die sooner than someone that forgives. Once again, that one, don't quote me. I just think that will happen. <laughs> Resentment is like drinking poison and then hoping it will kill your enemies. That's what unforgiveness does. It's holding on to that bitterness, holding on to that offense, hoping that it will hurt the other person, but in reality, it hurts you. It cripples you. It paralyzes you. And God does not want this for you. God does not want you to be crippled and paralyzed for, for things in your life. He wants you to be free. God wants for you to not drink that poison of unforgiveness, but to free yourself, to get yourself out of prison and to enjoy everything that God has planned for you. As I said, it is a hard topic, but I do want to finish with some practical ways And as I said, it's so simple to go, here's five steps to forgiving someone, A, B, C, D, E. And it's hard to do that. It's, because it's just such a, 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 such a deep topic, I, I, I don't want to do that. But you know what? I, I'll show you the five. Okay, I'll show you this. I just got this online. I thought it was okay. I'll, I'll just show it to you. Um, but then I'm actually just going to focus on, on, on the first one. So... The first one is have eternal perspective. Second one is be right with God. Third one is make an intentional decision to forgive. Fourth one is learn to let things go. And fifth one is to focus on your purpose. Easy, right? Just do that, guys, and you'll, you'll forgive everyone. It's easy. But can I just say... It's that first one. It's that first one that's the key. That you need to have eternal perspective. Like, you know, make a decision to forgive and learn to let things go and things like that. Yeah, yeah, okay. But I promise you, most of us, we, we can't even get there. For some of us, the, the, it, it's just too deep. You know, for some of us, it's, it's too painful. We can't even get there. But what I want to do for you tonight is really for you just to understand where God is in this. 
for you to understand first and foremost in an internal perspective, first and foremost, your relationship with God. As much as people wronged you, you wronged God. And the craziest part of it all, right? He forgave you. We still wrong God every day. We do things that God doesn't want us to do. We think things that that doesn't please God. We make decisions in our lives that really probably wouldn't impress God. We say things. And God knew all of that. But he loved you so much that not only did he say, hey, I'm going to forgive them, right? But the way that he forgave us was that he sent his one and only son, Jesus, to die on the cross, to take all the offense that we gave to God, and call that sin, and instead of us dying, because that's what we deserved, Jesus died. And suddenly, we're forgiven. Does that make sense? No, not at all. Why would God do that? If someone wronged me, I said, hey, I, even to say, hey, I forgive you. If someone wronged me in a very grave and serious manner, and, and, and for me to even say, hey, I forgive you, that's huge. But for me to say then, hey, I'm going to give up one of my children so that you can be properly forgiven doesn't make sense at all. And yet that's what's happened. Why? Because God loves you. Because even the offense of sin, even the wrongdoing of sin, even the rebellion and the rejection of God himself was not bigger than God's love for his people. His love was greater. And he gave to us something. He paid the debt of a debt we couldn't pay. Hundred, you know, ten thousand bags of gold. You know, sin. We we cannot, we cannot pay that back. And yet, he paid it for us. He cancelled our debts. He cancelled our debts and let us be free. Here's the first step, and you know what, like. All those steps, you know, we could go through them, whatever, you know. But I just want to gently suggest this first step. For these people that have done you wrong, whether recently or historically or even, you know, might happen in the future. The first step to moving towards forgiving that person and obeying what God has asked us to do is not to look at that person and think, do they deserve it or not? Because they don't. The first step is actually to turn our eyes off that offense and turn it to God and remind ourselves of the offense that we have created to God. And if God can do that for us, 
And the consequences of that, of, 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 of that cancellation of debt is not just in this lifetime, but for all eternity in heaven with him. If he can do that for us, then let that be the starting point for you to say, I can forgive. Now, the process of going through all of this and, you know, there's a lot. You know, some of you, you, you need to get counselling, like professional counselling. Like some of you, you need to just come and talk to me. We can talk out a few things, but I'm not counsellor. I'm not professionally trained. Some of you, some of this stuff is deep inside your souls. Some of this, it might have happened when you were a kid. It might have happened when you were in high school, Right? For some of you, like we're talking about things that you can't even talk about, you've never told anyone about. Right? So some of this stuff's really deep. And from the church's perspective, we will walk alongside you. We will try to assist you and help you as much as, as we can. But, but for some people, you, you need more than what individuals in this church can give to you. And we can help you. We can, we can uh, direct you to the right resources. And, and for some of you, this is going to be a long process. For some of you, it's so deep and it's so traumatic that this could be, like literally for some of you, it's going to be a lifelong process learning how to forgive. But let's just start at the first step. God says, forgive. Jesus says not just seven times, but 77 times, meaning you just got to keep forgiving. That's why it's a spiritual discipline. Someone said, why, why is forgiveness in this series? Like, isn't it once you've forgiven them, then that's it? No, no. Actually, as believers, we're called to forgive and forgive and forgive. Can I tell you, the first time's the hardest, just like any kind of exercise, the first day is the hardest. As you practice that, more and more, big, small, whatever situation is, as you start to practice and build that in your own life, you will learn that forgiving can become easier and easier. That's why it's a spiritual discipline. But I figure for the most of us, it's really a first step right now. <sighs> it's hard. I'll finish in a minute, but let's, let me just finish with it. It's hard. And you know what? Like, I can't even imagine what some of you guys are going through. We really can't. We'll help you. We'll, we'll support you. You know, we, we'll do whatever we can to help you to get through this. But unforgiveness, that's, that's poison for your soul, not the other person. That's not what God wants for you. God wants you to be free. Colossians 3.13, bear with each other and forgive one another. If anyone has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Let's pray.